Inflation Reduction Act means nothing to inflation or stocks, focused as it is on climate change mitigation and health care reform. It's Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast. I'm Jason Kelly. a few readers and subscribers have emailed me to ask if the Inflation Reduction Act is going to be a big deal for our portfolio. Is this going to put a tailwind under stocks and give us a much better second half to the year? And the reasoning behind this is that, well, if it's going to reduce inflation and the Fed's fighting inflation, so if the Fed's going to back off of inflation because it's coming down thanks to this new new legislation from Congress, then we should be in pretty good shape. Now, I don't know what in the world could have given anybody the impression that this bill is intended to reduce inflation. Give me a second here. Oh, there it is. Maybe right there in the name, the Inflation Reduction Act. Right. How could you ever get the the idea that this is intended to reduce inflation? Obviously, obviously, if that's what you thought upon seeing the title of this bill, you haven't spent much time around Washington. Let's back up here and see what happened. The Inflation Reduction Act cleared the Senate on Sunday. And this is the Democratic project previously known as Build Back Better, Joe, Joe Biden's pet project when he came into office. But it has gone through the sausage grinder and it has come out the other side as the Inflation Reduction Act, as a way to message to the American people that the Biden administration and the Democrats currently in control of Washington are all over this inflation problem. I guess I guess President Biden got tired of seeing all the cartoons about Biden inflation and T-shirts saying we'll take the mean tweets and lower gas prices, etc. And thought, well, we got to look like we're doing something about this, even though they haven't been able to do anything about it. And so let's just slap it in the name of something that has nothing at all to do with inflation because the vast majority of voters are never going to go beyond the headlines. So there you go. Build Back Better magically transmogrified into the Inflation Reduction Act. It passed the Senate Sunday and is on its way to becoming law. The Senate vote, consistent with recent American tribalism, was 50-50. That's right. Zero Republican support. It took Vice President Kamala Harris to cast the tie-breaking vote in favor of the act. House approval comes next, probably this Friday, and then President Biden will sign it into law. So what's in this thing? What are all these inflation-fighting measures you would expect to find inside the Inflation Reduction Act? Well, as hinted already, you won't find much about inflation, uh, almost almost no connection whatsoever. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way right up front. Here, here is what is in it. At a $98 billion cost, it provides tax credits to boost production of electricity from renewable or non-carbon sources. At an $80 billion cost, it will boost enforcement at the IRS. Democrats hope that with more employees and better software, better technology, the IRS will be able to keep better tabs on wealthy people so they can't find as many loopholes and dodge taxes in other fancy ways. They want to crack down on wealthy people who are finding tax breaks that ordinary people cannot find 
And in order to do this, they think the IRS needs more resources, and that's why this extra $80 billion is coming in. And that, that money will be used to hire more people and improve technology. And this, this extra revenue, they say, will lower the deficit by $203 billion over the next decade. So the idea here being, yes, we're going to spend more money on the tax collecting agency, but because they will collect more taxes, this is going to be a net positive for the national balance sheet. At a $70 billion cost, they will extend temporarily expanded health insurance subsidies via tax credit. These are the ones that were put in place for the pandemic. Um, supporters of this provision say that without the extension, most of the 13 million Americans receiving subsidies would see their premium payments rise. That's, that's about 90% of the 14.5 million who are enrolled in private health insurance through the public marketplace that was created way back in 2010 by the Affordable Care Act. Now, by the way, connecting back to inflation, I suppose this is one way you could argue that this is reducing inflation. If some people will, will not have to pay higher premiums because of this, then, then that'll be a lower price. So we could call that a lack of inflation. But it's not really reducing inflation because this is preventing an increase from happening. It's not taking premiums lower per se. Anyway, it's about health insurance subsidies. At a $51 billion cost, we'll get new and expanded tax credits for electric vehicle purchases and improving home energy efficiency. This is part of the very large component of this, this legislation that is focused on climate change mitigation. And another one from that, that folder, at a $27 billion cost, a green bank that will provide more incentives for clean energy technology and one more at $19 billion of cost, tax benefits for companies making biofuels and other renewable fuels for cars and planes, and so on. There's quite a long list of things here, some, some pork in there, and the whole thing totals $430 billion. Now, this is going to bring a big tax increase, but, but not on, on you or me, and probably not so significantly to to companies in, in, in to such a big degree that it's going to harm stock market performance. The increase is about $313 billion. It will impose a new federal minimum income tax of 15% based on the profits that companies report to investors, not just to the IRS. Here again, trying to get away from loopholes. Um, there, there's nothing illegal about the way companies expense items so that they don't have to pay tax on that money. But, but this, this provision is intending to get ahead of that. So it's supposed to be, okay, companies, you want to report a lot of profit to your investors. That's how you want to look good at the quarterly earnings report time. And guess what? We're going to base our taxes on you on what you're telling investors you made. Instead of you telling investors you made a lot and telling the U.S. government you made a little, we're going to go straight to that part that you're telling investors. Uh, similar, this reminds me of some of those, those shenanigans in Hollywood where they, they used to say that they're going to pay somebody a percentage of net profits and voila, through the magic of creative accounting, there never were any profits on any film ever. So finally, participants in that form of compensation woke up and said, no, no, no. We want a percentage of gross profits. We want a percentage of revenue, not, not any of this hanky-panky that goes on within the accounting department. 
these screwball ways of reducing it down so that there's never any profit anytime. Well, similar to that, this provision is intended to prevent companies from reporting giant profits to investors and zero to the IRS. And the, the bill expects to boost tax revenues by $313 billion. And then there's a savings component of $266 billion. This authorizes the government to negotiate and in some cases set prescription drug prices for people who are enrolled in Medicare. There's quite a bit of excitement around this one. Americans are sick of the outrageous prescription drug pricing that goes on in, in the United States, especially since you see it not going on just north and south of the country in Canada and Mexico. It doesn't go on in other countries. Mail order pharmacies are, are sending drugs from Singapore and India and other locations that are the exact same drugs that you, you can get from the local pharmacy. People are really sick of this, this monopolistic pricing going on. So there seems to be, well, I was going to say bipartisan support, but this didn't get any Republican votes, so that's probably not the right word. But there does seem to be widespread uh, happiness over this, widespread support for this idea of let, let's stop paying 20 times the price for our drugs as patients are paying in other countries. So they expect to save $266 billion through this, this uh, prescription drug price regulation by the government. Now, there were some fossil fuel concessions to Republicans. You, you kind of wonder why, since none of them voted for it. But there were fossil fuel concessions for both sides, too, because there, some Democrats also get money from fossil fuel. These concessions were that the bill requires the Interior Department to lease oil and gas exploration permits in the Gulf of Mexico and the Cook Inlet in Alaska. This is clearly unpopular with environmentalists who say, you know, what, what kind of irony is this, that in a, in a bill highly focused on, on climate change mitigation with all the tax credits for electric vehicles and alternative fuels and, and that type of thing, energy efficiency, at the same time, we're providing a carrot to the oil drillers to go into these pristine areas that were protected, Gulf of Mexico, Cook Inlet, and Alaska, and go drilling for more fossil fuel. So anyway, politicians getting money from the fossil fuel lobby needed this, and the fossil fuel lobby wanted it, but environmentalists are not happy about that. They're not happy about any of these. I'm going through these concessions that were made to the fossil fuel industry. Another one expands tax credits for carbon capture methods. Now, these will help coal or gas-burning power plants stay in business at lower emission levels. They're obviously, they're, what they're wanting to do here is say, we are green too. We're all in this together. It's a total solution package to the future of this planet. And we burning coal and gasoline and other fossil fuels who are, who are polluters of the atmosphere, we are also doing our part to, to take care of the planet. But they don't want to stop doing business, of course. So what they want is a lower emissions way of doing business so they can continue profiting the way they always have with this capability to say we're doing so at lower emissions. So we are also caring about the environment. And the legislation will include that tax credits for carbon capture. That, that means the companies can go ahead and spend a lot of money to, to re-outfit their plants, and then they can, can save on taxes to compensate for that. And finally, from the parts I'm going to cover, there is a promise to speed up permitting of energy projects, <laughs> probably to build a gas pipeline in West Virginia where coal-funded Senator Joe Manchin resides. You've probably heard his name in the news a lot. Th this guy's entire career is bankrolled by the coal industry, 
And he makes no bones about it, comes right out and says, you know, I, I'm not going to sign any legislation that hurts coal. And as, as outdated as that seems to many, if not most people these days, that that's where they're at in West Virginia. And so he got what he needed in order to go along with this with this bill. And one of the things was uh, that permitting of energy projects so they can he can say to his voters, look, we got a new pipeline here in West Virginia. So that's what it has in it. That That's the rundown. Um, that's basically what's going on. That's what the House is going to vote to pass this Friday, almost certainly. And then Joe Biden will certainly sign this. Uh, he, he really wanted that build back better. But when when everything went against him for the, the first year and a half of his his time in office, he really needed to take it to inflation. So we got a renaming of the act, but it's still basically the same thing that he was talking about with Build Back Better. However, at a much, much watered down level. So what do commentators say about this legislation? Well, Republicans, of course, argue that the bill's new spending will make inflation worse, which is amusing. That's a pretty strange outcome for the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Democrats say that reducing the deficit via higher taxes will curb demand in the economy and help lower prices. That's an odd one, though, because what kind of benefit is that? To see lower income after higher taxes, therefore there's less demand because you can't afford as much, and jump for joy that prices are falling as a result. It's a pretty screwy way to get to, to lower prices and then call that. This is how we're fighting inflation. We're going we're gonna to tax people more so their incomes drop so they can't afford as much. And look at that. Prices are down. Yes. But that's what some Democrats are saying. They are also saying that prescription drug pricing reform and the electric vehicle credit will reduce health care and energy costs. And, and that, that makes sense. Um, the truth is that, true to form, the bill won't do much of anything to achieve what its title proclaims. That, that's, <laughs> that's the main takeaway, is that the, the name of this bill has nothing to do with what it's accomplishing. The, the best source to look at this is the Nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office, which says the bill will exert only a negligible effect on inflation this year and next. And it's putting more than $300 billion into energy and climate reform, and because of that, it can claim to be the largest federal clean energy investment in U.S. history. And this is supposed to be a, a, a carrot to the, the far left, the, the woke left, I suppose, that is, that is driving for climate change and, and wants to just change the economy instantly over to, to environmentally friendly forms of energy and so on. But it didn't really work for that, even though the proponents of the bill are saying, hey, it's the largest federal clean energy investment in U.S. history. But even so, climate activists and quite a few Democrats on the left said, well, they wanted $555 billion. So nowhere close, guys. Nice try. But when are you ever going to wake up to the size of the calamity we face with the environment and actually take it seriously? That's what the th that contingent is saying. And the ones who got this done said, look, we almost didn't get anything done. Okay, so give us a break. At least we, we passed the largest clean energy bill we've ever seen. Bill Gates, for one, is happy with the climate change provisions. He wrote in a New York Times op-ed on Friday that the act will, quote, begin to transform the parts of our economy that are hardest to decarbonize, like manufacturing, which we must do to reach net zero emissions. As many Americans face summer blackouts, power shortages, and high electricity bills, these measures would help build a modern, reliable power grid 
so all can have access to affordable, abundant, and clean energy. End quote. He thinks it'll bring a new era of American innovation, making America what he calls a leader in the deployment of clean energy at the scale required. And he he suggests in his op-ed that without this type of legislation, America would have fallen behind um, other other countries that are innovating and turning to America for leadership and, and finding none in this area. Well, now that this has passed, that will no longer be the case. So American innovators can get going. We can lead an industry. It'll create lots of jobs and economic benefit. And the rest of the world can consider America to be a leader in this critical area. So Bill Gates is a believer in this bill. Paul Krugman, also in the Times, agrees. That's not much of a surprise given how liberal Krugman is, but he is an economist and an award-winning one, so his views matter. And he agrees with me that the legislation isn't much in the inflation department, but, quote from him, mainly a climate change bill with a side helping of health reform, end quote. And definitely that's true. When you go back to that rundown I made earlier, it's, it's really clear. This should be called the Climate Change Mitigation and Healthcare Subsidy Bill. <laughs> that fights inflation, maybe, for the political, the political benefit. <laughs> Even so, while it's not enough, this bill, to, to own... It, well, how should I phrase this? Well, the bill on its own is not enough to avert climate disaster, in the words of Paul Krugman. Quote, it's a huge step in the right direction and sets the stage for more action in the years ahead. It will catalyze progress in green technology. Its economic benefits will make passing additional legislation easier... It gives the United States the credibility it needs to lead a global effort to limit greenhouse gas emissions, end quote. Now, there are plenty of environmentalists who say that giveaways to the fossil fuel lobby negate the bill's climate benefits, but Krugman disagrees with that group. He writes, quote, energy analysts believe that any adverse climate effect from these concessions will be swamped by the gains from tax credits for clean energy, end quote. Well, how about a an outfit that's devoted to mitigating climate change. Let's see what they have to say about it. For them, for for that corner of opinion, I went to Earth Justice, which summarized the legislation as follows. Quote, We knew there would be painful provisions in any bill that could get Senator Joe Manchin's support, and the bill contains some troubling giveaways to fossil fuel interests that will cause undue harm to communities in the Gulf and Alaska. As a whole, however, it would be a huge step forward in the fight to preserve a livable planet and is one we need to take while we have the chance. Earth Justice is advocating for the bill's swift passage in the House because climate cannot wait. End quote. As for whether the bill is inflationary, maybe a little, but at less than $500 billion in spending over a decade, it should be much less so than the American Rescue Plan's $1.9 trillion in one year. That was the, the, the plan passed in March 2021. The Wharton School analyzed the Inflation Reduction Act last month and concluded that, despite its name, the bill is irrelevant to inflation. From the summary from them, quote, Penn Wharton budget model estimates that the Inflation Reduction Act would reduce non-interest cumulative deficits by $248 billion over the budget window with no impact on GDP in 2031. The impact on inflation is statistically indistinguishable from zero. End quote. What do you think of that, Joe and the Democrats? How's that for, for showing how you're fighting inflation? <laughs> 
it, it boy, this is a strange environment, isn't it? Joe Biden realizes he's under the gun for runaway inflation, even though, frankly, it's not his fault. It's just humorous that when gas prices are rising, Republicans said, look at what Joe Biden's done to gas prices. And Joe Biden said, it's not my fault. I have no control over this. This is, this is Putin's price hike. And now that gas prices are coming down, Republicans are, are quiet on this. And Joe Biden's saying, hey, look at that. Look at, look at what my policies are doing to gas prices. And voters have already forgotten that just a couple months ago, Biden was saying, not my fault. But now that they're going down, it's totally to his credit. That's politics for you. And that's what's going on here with the Inflation Reduction Act, which has nothing to do with inflation, as the Penn-Wharton budget model makes clear. I should add, though, that the the Penn-Wharton budget model does think that in the near term, the law will exert a slight inflationary effect, but even so, it's not worth thinking about. Quote, the act would very slightly increase inflation until 2024 and decrease inflation thereafter. These point estimates are statistically indistinguishable from zero, thereby indicating low confidence that the legislation will have any impact on inflation. End quote. What about the stock market? I, I kicked this off by saying people are writing to me wondering if this is going to be a boon to the stock market because of the inflation-reducing characteristics of it or po- possibly a problem for the stock market because of new regulations on companies, uh, the, the tax changes, higher taxes to be paid by companies, and so on. The uh, mixed news, I suppose, is that it's not going to have much of any impact. So no, it's not going to be a big upward push, but no, it's not going to be a big weight on the stock market either. Everything in the act was widely discussed over the past year, and the final sausage that's finally grinding out of the machine is very scaled down from its initial proposal. I would say, if anything's bullish, it's simply getting rid of the uncertainty. That should be a mild positive for stocks. Like, okay, well, it's not going to be as as wacko, high-spending, weird regulation nest of horrors that that Republicans thought it would be and some investors feared it would be. But it's also, it's finally done, so we know what we got and it's not going to have too much impact. Basically, the bill is irrelevant to inflation and that makes it even more irrelevant to stocks. Its primary impact is on climate change mitigation and healthcare. And who knows where you fall on that. But as, as far as your portfolio is concerned, this is, uh, this is something you don't need to think about. So let it go. Um, you'll hear a lot of trumpeting about this in the, in the next few days and probably the next few weeks. And I imagine it'll come up a lot in the midterms as uh, crowing about accomplishment from the Democrats. But as, for your portfolio, this shouldn't mean a thing. And I would ignore it for those purposes. If you are an activist in climate change mitigation or healthcare, then you are very interested in this legislation and it does have a high impact in those areas, but that's not what we're focused on around here. Thank you for listening. This is the Kelly Letter Podcast and I'm Jason Kelly. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast from any of the easy links at jasonkelly.com to all the major platforms. And also there, you'll find links to everything mentioned in this episode, including this week, the Congressional Budget Office report, which is titled Information About HR 5376, the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. The Bill Gates editorial in the New York Times, which is titled We're on the Verge of a Remarkable Moment for Congress and the Country. Paul Krugman's article in the New York Times, titled Did Democrats Just Save Civilization? Earth Justice's report about the act called What the Inflation Reduction Act Means for Climate, 
And finally, that Penn Wharton budget model, which is titled Inflation Reduction Act, Preliminary Estimates of Budgetary and Macroeconomic Effects. You'll find links to all of those in the show notes at jasonkelly.com. And there's a comment section there. Feel free to dive in there to interact with me and your fellow listeners. If you have a moment, please leave a review wherever you review podcasts. And the only thing I'd love more than that is to welcome you to the Kelly Letter. Please subscribe at jasonkelly.com to access onboarding materials and start your own market-beating SIG plans. They're bouncing back quite nicely in the recovery that's been underway since mid-June. And our big buy signal at the beginning of July. I send new letters every Sunday morning, so you won't have long to wait. If you do nothing else, please join the free list at the top right of jasonkelly.com. There's an empty field just waiting for your email address. That's it. Enter enter it, click sign up, and you're on your way. Current subscribers, thank you for doing business with me. We've made a lot of money together in the past, and we're going to do so again. We're well positioned for the recovery that's already underway. I'll see you Sunday.